Hello and welcome to Fertility Talks, the Therapy Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Von Medium. This week, we had a very special guest, Dr. Hazel Wallace, who is a doctor, nutritionist, founder of The Food Medic, best-selling author, and now a therapy fertility egg freezing patient. Why do you think it's important to talk about this and why did you take that decision? I was really like, oh, should I, shouldn't mm. I? I knew I was gonna do it anyway. Um, obviously I share a lot of my life online, not as much as a lot of influencers, but I do share parts of, of like what I'm going through. It is quite like any procedure, there's anxiety involved, isn't yeah. there? What's the main thing that you wish you knew before going through this? I think I wasn't really prepared for how it would make me feel emotionally. Mm. I think I'm very vocal about my hormones and my emotions. Mm. And so when I'm pre-menstrual, mm. sometimes I can be a little bit more sensitive. And I definitely experienced that mm. going through this. So thank you so much for coming and chatting to me, Hazel. Thank you for having me. Delighted to have you here. Um, so you have just been through a pretty big week. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But before we get into that, maybe you'd just like to introduce yourself and where you come from and what your background is. For sure. So my name's Dr. Hazel Wallace. I'm a medical doctor, a nutritionist, and author and founder of The Food Medic, which is basically an educational platform aimed at bridging the gap between conventional medicine and lifestyle nutrition. And yeah, I am grew up in Ireland, but now live in London. That's where I work. And I focus primarily on nutrition and women's health. Okay. So you're a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. You obviously would have a more of an understanding of fertility preservation, say, than the average person would. What led you to thinking about fertility preservation and then actually taking steps to, to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, obviously going through medical training, you learn about um, IVF and egg freezing and the kind of medical side of things um, but I actually didn't really know many people who'd gone through it personally and I didn't really know what to expect as a patient as well um, so it's been such an interesting experience but the reason I decided to go through it I am now in my 30s and I'm not really ready for children I'm in a relationship but neither of us feel like now's the right time I'm just very focused on my career and want to you know be more financially mm. stable before having kids and I also have PCOS so my chances of having infertility are a bit higher mm. as well so with all that considering I have been thinking about it for the last few years really and sometime last summer I had a conversation with my partner and I said like this is something I'm really interested in doing and I just want to explore it so that's when I started just um in January time this year yeah. had my first consultation with therapy to just find out you know what would the process mm -hmm. involve like um check out my fertility levels before even getting started and then yeah just took from there really I think it's really interesting and I think most people's perception of egg freezing is that it's for single women. Mm. So I think it's really interesting that you've chosen to do this and you have a partner. Yeah. Um, what was that initial conversation like with your partner? Because I know it can bring up a lot of 
stuff yeah. you know with within a couple and it's like because this is something that you are choosing to do for you yeah you know um so what, so what was that like at, you know going through it as someone who is in a couple and you're choosing to freeze eggs you're not freezing embryos you're freezing your eggs yeah I I think before we had the conversation I had a really long think to myself mm. and even before getting into a relationship it was something that I wanted to do so mm. I was kind of going to to let him know that this is something I'm going to do and I'd love for him to be part of it and you know be supportive and he was he was just you know he actually felt like it was really nice that we were having the conversation before me doing it and also it gives us time to do everything else in life before mm. we have children you know like we live in London we don't live in a very big flat so there's so many things to consider and obviously it's very privileged to be able to have that conversation and you know plan having children yeah. and I'm very aware of that but it's taken the pressure off us um but yeah like when I was telling friends or even like discussing it with people um who know that I'm in a relationship they were like well surely you just you know have kids now that you're like in a <laughs> loving relationship in the next you know it doesn't have to be this year but it could be next year and I'm like loving someone or being in a happy relationship is not a reason to have a child and yeah I think that's why I do feel like there's I couldn't really relate to many people who are going through this as someone in a relationship mm. Um, but I imagine that moving forward, there will be a lot more people who are like me, um, especially with more and more egg freezing opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And before you started on this process, what did you think egg freezing would be like? Because you've obviously never undergone this sort of, you know, hormone stimulation and this type of process. So what did you think it would be like versus what it actually was yeah. like? I think um, someone explained to me before that basically it's just the first half of IVF. So I knew that, you know, I would be going through that part. But I think because we weren't implanting an embryo or trying to get pregnant, I just assumed that it wouldn't be as as difficult and granted it, it probably wasn't because there was like less emotion attached to it there and it made me really appreciate how difficult it must be for couples doing cycles and cycles of this but I don't think I was prepared for how much was involved in terms of planning and um, like the very much the timed medication like structuring your day around that making sure you're at home and like if you're not at home being prepared um, how your body changes, mm -hmm. how your emotions change, just all of that. Like, you know, I'm very au fait with injections. I'm not afraid of needles. But the day I got all of the medications, obviously you get them all at once. I was so overwhelmed. Like mm -hmm. there were so many different things. I was, you know, some are in the fridge, some are out of the fridge. And that in itself is something to be like, especially if you're not someone who has to take medication every day it's a new chapter it's a new thing to get used to a new mm. habit to build so I felt like that was really valuable to learn for me moving forward when I am speaking to people who are going through this have you ever injected yourself before have you ever needed to no I've never needed to and what was that first injection like was that difficult um David my boyfriend did it okay um he did the first one and I think for whatever reason he wanted to be part of that yeah and that was quite nice and then I think by the third night he was at run club so I was doing it by myself and then I was like oh I didn't actually think about this so I was just yeah. getting set up and yeah. 
you know, it's very different when you're doing it with a patient because you you know, you're trained what to say and how to make it as painless as possible. But when you're doing it yourself, there's a lot of hesitation. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I found that fine. I think um, when I got the email to say, you only have, you know, this is your last night, do these two injections. We had a little celebration. I was like, like, I'm so glad to be done with this. And I think that was more so how it was making me feel at that point. Mm. I was just ready to like, you know, by the the last few injections, your body does feel very different. Yeah. And it can be quite challenging. So the testing that you had ahead of the cycle, mm. were you surprised by the results of the testing? Had you had any fertility testing before or what was that like getting those results? The thing is, I actually was going to have my fertility tested last year and I can't remember why I didn't, um, but I've always had it on my mind. I should probably check in. And because of my diagnosis of PCOS, typically we expect women to have higher AMH levels. So when I did the test, I did that test at home and sent it away and I just thought it might be higher than normal or it might be just average. Mm. And actually it was very low, like um, very, very low. And so I had a little bit of a panic mm -hmm. and spoke to Dr. John about it. And mm. he was like, look, you've done one test. The most important thing is to not take one test in isolation and look at all of the tests. And we'll repeat it when you come in. When I had it repeated, it was still low. So it really like reaffirmed to me that while it doesn't tell me the quality of my eggs, it tells me that there's probably not as many there as I would like at this age. So it's now or never really to do this whole process. But the other tests were a lot more promising. It was just then very tricky to estimate how many eggs we would get. And Dr. John said anything between 7 and 17 is what you know, we'd hope for based on your results. So going into like when you got to the stage of coming here and coming for the scans, did you have an expectation of how many follicles you were expecting to see on each side? I think I was then worried that it wouldn't do very, or that I wouldn't respond very well to the mm. treatment. And actually I responded really well, mm. you know, on that, my last scan before the egg collection, I had like 35 total. And just looking at the scan was crazy to me because I was comparing the first ultrasound mm. with very small, very few follicles to this scan after all that injections with really big follicles. And, you know, even my boyfriend was there and he wouldn't be you know, very au fait with ultrasounds, but he was like shocked at how big they were on the scan. Yeah. So that was really promising. Mm. And I kind of went in then on egg collection day with a bit more hope mm. because you just don't really know, you know, it's a very individual process. So coming in on the day of egg collection, how are you feeling? I know um, for anyone either doing, you know, fertility preservation or going through a cycle of IVF, the egg collection is usually the day that is filled with most kind of anxiety and, you know, the unknown. Yeah, I was, I was really nervous. Mm. I was really grateful that it was early in the day that I could just kind of get up mm. and go in and have it over and done with. But then, you know, I was really grateful. I had my partner there and the nursing staff are so lovely that they just make it very easy and um, are just like cracking jokes and you know, making it a really nice process. 
And I think by the time I got in the gown and had my obs taken, like I was almost straight in and, you know, you just walk into theatre. And when I had a little bit of sedation, I don't remember anything. I just remember waking up then. And I was either in a daze or I'd misheard something, but I thought that we only had six eggs. So I came out crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were like, Hazel, you did really good. We got 14 in the end. <laughs> so yeah, it was, a, it was a very unusual experience, um, but so fast, you know, by the time you go in and you're back out again. And yeah, I, I think like, you know, I can't imagine it going any smoother than I had gone, but it is quite like any procedure, there's anxiety involved, isn't yeah. there? So 14. Yeah. And then at what point did you hear how many were suitable for freezing? Because obviously not all of them are going to be mature yeah. and suitable. I got an email then later on my portal to say, and actually it was, I think it was like 3 p.m. Mm. And I had the procedure at like 10 or 11 mm. um, to say that nine were mature, which you know, it's not the highest number, but then given my tests, I think like that's, I'm really happy with that. Mm. And knowing that I responded well with treatment, I know that I could do it again. I'm just not ready to do it right now. That was going to be my my next question yeah. is, do you think you're happy with that number or do you think that you would try it again? I think I'm happy with that mm. number. And I, that's not to say I wouldn't go through this again yeah. if you know, I needed to, mm. but I think given where I'm at in life right mm. now, like I'm happy to just like leave it there. And I'm really glad that I've done it. Mm. Um, I feel, um, I feel a lot more reassured for, for going through it. And I think taking away so much from this experience, it's just been very eye opening. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to leave it there for the moment. Yeah. And I think the thing that a lot of people don't realize is that the majority of people who freeze eggs don't actually ever use them. Yeah. So hopefully what is in (laughs) your future is that you get pregnant naturally and you never need to use them. Yeah. Um, but how does it feel knowing that they are there? It's not an insurance policy. It's not a guarantee, but it is an option should you not be able to conceive naturally. It just feels a lot more reassuring. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, ultimately it is a lot safer to freeze your eggs earlier in life. And if if it comes to it and I can't have children naturally, naturally and I do have to go through IVF, I know that I have eggs there and I can try with them. Mm. And then granted, I might have to go through another cycle, but it just feels like there's a lot more off my mind. Mm. Um, and I can be more present in like what I'm working on right now mm. in my in my current life. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, I feel so much better for doing it. Why did you decide to share this journey? Because, you know, it is very personal. Mm. It's very private. Why do you think it's important to talk about this and and why did you take that decision I think um I was really like oh should I shouldn't Mm. I I knew I was going to do it anyway um obviously I share a lot of my life online not as much as a lot of influencers but I do share parts of, of like what I'm going through I think the reason I wanted to share it is a I couldn't find that real life experience of someone going through it and I wish I had known what I know now, mm. just so I was a bit more prepared mm. and felt like I I could relate to someone going through it. And also because I am a doctor, but it's very different to 
the facts of what what you practically go through Mm. going through it as a person and feeling that experience is so different so I know that there are a lot of people who are considering it and hopefully watching this will give some reassurance some preparation just a bit more kind of yeah like feeling less alone Mm. going through it yeah um so that was really the reason why (laughs) no I completely agree I think it's so powerful when people share this type of journey as you say it's it's like you went looking for this you know as someone to relate to and you couldn't find it Mm -hmm. you know and it's 2023 and the fact that you still couldn't find that you know I know personally going through IVF I couldn't find those journeys to relate to so and when you do it's so powerful. It just makes people feel less alone. And, you know, because I think when you're going through something like this, you can feel like you're literally the only person in the world who has ever felt like this. Yeah. Which is just not true. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, you know, those pe- people freeze their eggs for various reasons, but there are not many women in relationships mm. um, who are doing it. And I think also that's a different like group of people who are, who maybe just feel like they shouldn't consider it mm. because they are in a, relationship but I think if you are in the position that this is an option for you and it feels good for you and it's the best decision then it's something really worth exploring you know there's no right or wrong wrong answer when it comes to this you mentioned there are some things that you wish you knew before going through this process what's what's the main thing that you wish you knew before going through this I think I wasn't really prepared for how it would make me feel emotionally Mm. Especially that first test where I found out that my ovarian reserve was a lot lower than expected. Like it really did send me into a panic and made me realise that children is something that I really do want at some point in my life. Um, So I think like being prepared for that, but also like the message I shared or that Dr. John shared with me, which is like, you know, never take one test in isolation. I know that a lot of women will do AMH levels Mm. at home without kind of getting any further investigations. If you're just taking one test in isolation without someone to consult with, it can be terrifying. Um, So that was one message that, you know, I think is really important for people who are doing these Mm. at-home tests, like be careful with how you interpret them in isolation. And it doesn't mean, you know, that you're doomed, but also being prepared for like the physical journey that your body's undergoing. You pump yourself with a lot of hormones and your body basically needs to produce so many follicles and you know once a month it would be doing maybe one or two not to the level that you're doing so you have to expect a change and I think I had to give into a bit of a slower pace of life Mm. especially in that last week Mm -hmm. because to be to be fair in the first two weeks of the treatment because I did a little bit of extra estrogen priming in the beginning Mm -hmm. It was a three-week treatment process for me. The first two weeks were fine, maybe a little bit of symptoms, but it was the last week once we got to the end stages and just being a bit more compassionate towards myself, not doing, you know, intense exercise or anything, just gentle walks and getting loads of sleep, making sure I'm eating good food, staying away from alcohol Mm -hmm. or anything that I would find quite triggering to my emotions or my physical state. Mm And yeah, it was actually quite a nice excuse to just mind yourself. Mind yourself, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling now? I'm feeling like finally I've had that relief. Mm. Some twinges and kind of sensations in my pelvis, but I was so much more comfortable than I was um, 
on you know to be fair actually I didn't feel that uncomfortable on the day of the procedure it's just like you know some pelvic pain Mm -hmm. which is to be expected and a little bit emotional yeah (laughs) (laughs) that come down (laughs) did David say you were more emotional than usual yes (laughs) yeah he did well I think I'm very vocal about my hormones and my emotions Mm. and so when I'm premenstrual sometimes I can be a little bit more sensitive and I definitely experienced that Mm. going through this and I think because we communicated with each other and if I was feeling a bit emotional I would just give him the heads up and he knew to not wind me up and he was very good about it all and I think that would be also a really big tip for couples going through it like just communicate Mm. and no emotions about emotion it's just an emotion I bet he's really proud of you for doing this yeah he's been he he said that and I think you know it can't be hard if you're the partner who isn't doing that Mm. because you are taking on like that other person's emotion their pain you're going through everything with them but you don't really feel like you were doing it Mm. and I think again like you know not like I've acknowledged that and having that support has been incredibly helpful because I know a lot of women go through this on their own Mm. and they maybe don't so if I guess for anyone who is going through it like have a friend or someone who can like you know take come with you to appointments or be there on egg collection day because it's just really nice to just have someone to like hold your hand if you are feeling a bit nervous or a bit teary yeah and to have someone who's been on that whole journey with you and it's not just someone who's only there for one scan or only there for one appointment someone who experiences that entire journey with you yeah for sure what would you say to anyone who is uh considering going on this journey or even just getting their fertility tested? I would say it's definitely worth having your fertility tested. But like I said, I know that there's lots of at-home tests available. Mm. I just think it's often, you can kind of panic sometimes. Mm. Um, So I would try to do it in a consultation Mm. with someone who's qualified to read and interpret the results with you and explain your options. Because getting tested is just getting informed and it may make you feel reassured it may make you take action it may make you do nothing Mm. um you never really know and then you know when it comes to egg freezing like I I was just like I'm not going to lose anything just having the consultation if anything it will like give me more options and you know everyone's very individual and just weighing up your options is you know I think it's invaluable yeah so going for that first consultation doesn't mean it's 100% certain that you're going to do it but at least you can find out a bit more information yeah and it might give you a sense of how you're actually feeling about it because sometimes until you actually speak to someone about it you don't really know if you feel very strongly one way or the other you know like you said when you had those initial results you suddenly were like oh no I absolutely want to have children yeah you know and it kind of gives you more of a certainty either way I guess once you start genuinely exploring your options yeah yeah Yeah. for sure thank you so much for coming and uh chatting and sharing your journey I think it's um it's invaluable to people who are in a similar situation so thank you so much for being so generous no worries I hope so I hope it's you know helpful it's like I said one of the reasons I wanted to share it because I think it can feel like a very daunting process Mm -hmm. thank you thank you